What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourselves. So today we've got a really interesting uh, comparison story about Agartha and the Norse worlds um, of Norse mythology. So if you've heard my previous podcast, I've talked about Agartha, which is the ever-fabled and possibly true story of um, the Middle Earth. Basically, we've had uh, aviation uh, and naval pilots uh, go and fly into the middle of the Earth uh, through the North North Pole area, right? Not Santa Claus's crew, but our own crew. And um, Admiral Byrd uh, had jotted down in his journal all of the effects and information that he learned of this flight. Now, he stated there's all kinds of things. There's even a middle sun, uh, a sun within the planet, that there's mountains that are larger than the, than the mountains that are on the outside of the planet, multiple species from all over the galaxy. So, um, you know, it's a really important place. Now, I came across an article that talked about Norse worlds and inner worlds of the planet as well. And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of extrapolate and compare and contrast the planet planets that they state or the worlds that they state um, are in their mythology. So um, let me pull up this article here. It is on aminoapps.com. And uh, let me go back here. Here we go. So in Norse mythology, there are a total of nine different worlds that are on the branches of the famous tree Yggdrasil. And each of the worlds are unique and are homes to different beings. Isn't that interesting? They're homes to different beings. Admiral Byrd stated that there were multiple different species uh, from higher realms in the middle of the earth, in Agartha. So isn't it interesting that also in Norse mythology that they also talk about um, each of these worlds being home to different beings. So let's get into it. They all, they all, have, they all have names, and they all have different uh, beings associated with them. So let's take a look. And to give you a little teaser, one of them is actually hell. So we'll get into that. Um, but first and foremost, the oldest of the nine worlds is called the Nif Niflheim, And it's the coldest and darkest of them all. Uh, there are dragons there. Uh, that protect the eldest of the three wells. And <coughs> it's stated to be the source of all the cold rivers and all of the eleven rivers. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting. There is uh, a location called... Uh, boy, th these these Norse <laughs> names are pretty tough to, to state, but uh, Hev Hevergmil? Hevergelmir Hevergelmir is said to be the source of these rivers but it's also said to be the origin of all living things there is a giant there called Ymir and he was the first being and was created from the ice so it sounds like they have ice creatures on this planet so that's really interesting or at least created from the ice but what's also interesting is that they have dragons there. Now, dragons, you know, typically we would think of would be in a warmer climate, not an ice climate. 
but in, in Norse mythology, they live on this planet uh, or this world. You know, and when we talk about worlds, they can be different dimensions. They don't have to be different total worlds, right? When we talk about, you know, myth mythology and go back multiple, multiple, multiple centuries, you know, worlds had a much different definition. They didn't have to be a physical planet away from Earth. They could be a different dimension here on Earth, or they could be a different continent, right? When the Europeans came to America, they called it the quote-unquote new world. Well, it wasn't another world. It was just a continent. So much like Agartha, it could have just been another location that they called another world. Okay. So the second world of uh, Norse mythology is um, Mus Muspelheim. And it's the complete opposite of Niflheim in that it's a very hot place where there's lava, flames, soot, and uh, a lot of hot, hot areas. There's fire giants and fire dragons. And it's ruled by the giant searcher, and he absolutely hates uh, his sworn enemy, Asir. During Ragnarok, he will make Asgard into a land of flames. So Asgard is another world. Now, what's interesting here is they talk about fire giants and they talk about fire dragons. There's been a lot of sightings of dragon-like beings. And I'm not talking about like reptilians. I'm talking about actual dragons flying in the sky with wings and a head like a dragon. Um, so when we think about this, we can say, wow, well, this is interesting because now we have actual sightings, modern sightings of dragons, and we have this Norse, mytho Norse mythology where they talk about a planet, a world, and a dimension where there's these dragons. So as we look into these older beliefs and, and older teachings, we can really think about how these teachings and, and belief systems came into play because we have these same events happening today so the next world is asgard now if you're a stargate universe fan stargate sg1 fan you're going to know what asgard is you've heard about it before it's uh very popular so yeah like i said many of you are pretty familiar with this name but let's see what the actual mythology is of it um so asgard is the home of the gods and goddesses the male gods are called the Asir, and the goddesses are called the Asinger. Odin and Frigg are the rulers of Asgard, and the two important features of Asgard are the rainbow bridge that connects with Midgard and Valhalla. So Midgard is kind of like the standard plane of existence, kind of like where we are on Earth. And the rainbow bridge connects to Valhalla. So many times you'll hear warriors reference going into battle that They'll see each other in Valhalla. That's their heaven. So it's a place where Vikings die and uh, while they're in battle. So it's considered to be a high honor to go to Valhalla. It's where the warriors are. That's where the gods and goddesses are. So <clears throat> there is, a, is kind of this confrontation between Asgard and Muspelheim where um, it's ruled by the giant Surtur. It's, you know, the area where it's filled with flames and soot and lava. And uh, they talk about um, making Asgard their sworn enemy. 
and turning it into a land of flames. So it seems to me that Muspelheim would be kind of like Satan's location, um, and Asgard would be kind of, you know, the gods and goddesses' location. Starting to make sense, right? It's talking about, you know, something very similar to what we're used to, uh, kind of like the Bible, right? <coughs> but Midgard is the next world. Um, this is where humans live. It's surrounded by an impassable ocean. Inside that ocean is the Midgard Serpent. It is said to be so long that it encircles the world and bites its own tail. That's interesting because it sounds kind of like the Loch Ness Monster, right? Very familiar to most of us. Uh, Loch Ness Monster has been around for ages um, and, you know, very popular. Uh, <coughs> could it be that the Loch Ness Monster is, in fact, this Midgard Serpent of, of lore? I don't know. It's possible. Um, you know, when we start connecting the dots of ufology, paranormal, and mythology, things start to kind of make sense. They start to come together. Odin and his two brothers, Ve and Vili, uh, made the humans out of trees, they state. Which is interesting because trees come from the ground, right? And if we have these alien um, farmer races, the, the genetic farmer races, they could have made us from the ground in how our ancestors would look at it, right? Our ancestors would say, these gods created us from the ground. They created us from the trees. They created us from the air, you know, the wind, the oxygen, the fire, right? The, the elements. Um, and it would kind of go in line with, with what we would believe. Now, the next world is Jotunheim. It's the home of the giants. There's no fertile land in Jotunheim. It's mostly wilderness, rocky, and dense forests. The giants are sworn enemy of the Asir, and they're always going back and forth. Loki is one of the most famous gods in North myth Norse mythology and comes from Jotunheim, but he was accepted into Asgard. The next one is Vanaheim. Uh, it's the home of the old gods, the Vanir gods, and it's said that nobody knows where Vanaheim is located and what it even looks like. The Veneer and the Aesir had a war, and three of the, and three of the Veneer came to live in Asgard. Those three are Freya, Freyr, and Nijord. So we're getting close to the end here, especially towards Hell, which is, you know, going to be one of the interesting ones. Um, but another belief system, um, in in Norse mythology, is that there were elves, right? And this is, uh, I did a podcast on this recently, Iceland believes that there are elves um, in their area. Uh, it's very popular, has gone back hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, maybe even millennia. Um, and, and they're believed to have special powers, to sometimes be tricksters, to uh, sometimes have, have good intentions, but, you know, be beneficial, uh, and sometimes not. So... Um, Alfheim is where the light elves are located, and they state that these beautiful creatures are, are considered guardian angels in their belief system. They're minor gods of fertility and nature, and their ruler is Freyr, who, uh, is, who was the ruler of Alfheim. The next world is Svartahelm, and it's the home of the dwarfs. So, 
you know, I guess the question is, what's the difference between the light elves and the dwarfs? The dwarfs make many gifts for the Aesir, and since they are craftsmen, cra uh, masters of craftsmanship, this comes easily to them. Their ruler uh, was the king of the land. Uh, his name was Friedmar, and the dwarfs lived in rocks, caves, and underground. Uh, the name Svartahelm means dark fields. So it's interesting because, you know, these could be like multiple levels of the earth, right? In multiple levels could reside different creatures. The Native Americans talked about small blue creatures that would come out of caves. They called them the little blue people. And these creatures really haven't been found in any other reports or experiences other than in the Hopi tribes um, that encountered these creatures in the southwestern portion of America, in the New Mexico and, and uh, Arizona areas. <clears throat> so, you know, the potential for different species to reside on different levels underground is entirely possible entirely possible, especially if there is an Agartha-like location in Middle-earth where f individuals can live with a second sun um, and, and live with air as well, coming in from the outside as there is a hole in, in the northern area of the planet. Um, you know, what's interesting to me is that that sun idea the, of a sun being inside the planet might seem totally crazy, but... It's also entirely possible, considering the amount of warmth that comes from the middle of the earth and that the, the temperature in the ground, if you dig down, stays at a continual 55 degrees, it kind of makes sense. Within the earth, there is this heat, there is this, this power that, that's giving heat to the ground. Is it possible that there is a sun inside the earth? creating a central energy source. I mean, it's possible. We have lava that comes out of volcanoes. Is it possible that the heat required from the, for that lava to exist comes from a central sun? It's possible. Well, the last world we have is called Helheim, or Hell. This is where murderers and thieves go, and Helheim is the home of the dishonorable dead. Helheim is said to be very cold, to be a very cold and grim place, and that whoever enters there will never experience joy. Now there is a ruler in Helheim whose name is Hel, so Hel is the ruler, and in Ragnarok Hel will use the dead to form an army to attack the gods and goddesses. Now isn't that interesting, right? So there's <clears throat> there's this leader called Hel whose title is actually hell, and will form an army to attack the gods and goddesses. It seems like we've always had this struggle and strife war going on between good and evil in almost every mythology or history or, or ancient writing. There's always this, this continual struggle between good and evil, and between righteous and unholy, between beneficial and not so what is it that 
continues this battle? Shouldn't there be some sort of peaceful existence? We know, or at least those who believe in a near-death experience, we've seen that there's a peaceful area past this world. Why is it that this world has so much struggle and strife and has always had it? And it seems as though it continues from millennia before to this very day. And the potential for us to have a Middle Earth seems to be a real possibility as we've had recent uh, Navy pilots, Admiral Byrd, go in and see this world with his own eyes and describe it and write it down and have his journal be held and be able to be reported. And why is it that Antarctica cannot be uh, owned by any, any country? And there is a no-fly zone as well. And NASA has, has continued to have misreporting of their pictures of this location. And they've airbrushed over this location many, many times before giving any pictures out uh, to the public. So, is it possible that this Middle Earth exists? That Agartha exists? That these multiple worlds talked about in Norse mythology exist? That there are multiple beings from other planets that have come to reside in these areas. Now, aside from this article, um, Ingo Swan, who is one of the best remote viewers of all time for the American government, has stated that he has personally seen um, through the remote viewing and at times, he's actually gone up and seen one of these bases with his own eyes. Um, that they alien that different alien species have bases within mountain ranges and underneath mountains and in very cold areas um, up in the 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 Arctic, up in Alaska, up in these very cold areas. That he's actually reported this separate from these other reports. And he's one of the best, most reliable remote viewers that the government themselves have hired as a contractor for multiple missions, as well as multiple different agencies have contracted with him. So it's not just that one agency, one off, hired him, but that multiple agencies believed in him enough that they would pay him substantially multiple times over to engage in highly classified missions. This guy is not a jokester. This guy is not a hoaxer. Okay? This guy is the real deal, and they believe in him, and he's reported to the general public that there are alien bases in these cold areas underground. So if he's reporting this, Admiral Byrd reported his, his sighting with Agartha. Norse mythology has these multiple worlds on the planet. Could it be true that these worlds actually exist right below our very feet? It's something to think about. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm going to keep it short. I know you, your time is limited and everybody's time is precious. I hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday. Hopefully you guys are taking some time out for yourselves, for your family, for your loved ones. Uh, following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, taking care of your spiritual health, your physical health, your emotional health, super important. 
and continue to follow your, your hobbies and your goals and your dreams uh, and continue to question the universe around you because it's a huge universe out there and we've got lots of questions and we're looking for answers. So hopefully you'll tune into the next podcast and I've enjoyed bringing you this one. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.